Hey everybody, my name is Ryan Linder. I am an ace retailer from Wisconsin. My family has three stores in Manitowoc, Green Bay, and Little Chute, Wisconsin. Blake and I teamed up to create this PAL pod for your enjoyment. Our goal is to help ace retailers by promoting what PAL members are doing in their stores to be progressive. Sit back, relax, and listen to this exciting content. All right, hey everybody, it's Ryan here with Matt Meyer from Michigan. And we all know that uh, Michigan is very uh, jealous of the Wisconsin because we have much better landscape than what Michigan does, and we have a better lake. So, uh, Matt, uh, how are things going today? Well, uh, you know, first of all, Ryan, I'd like to say um, it's it's called Lake Michigan for a reason. Uh, Lake Wisconsin just – it was named after the great state of Michigan, not after the – mediocre state of wisconsin so <laughs> i will give you you guys have better sports uh but at the end of the day you guys can have your sports we have lake michigan and we also have the state shaped like a mitten as well so that's that's one of the things i like about pal is uh, the opportunity to forge all these friendships and to have a little fun natured ribbing between neighbors especially when the neighbors share a body of water <laughs> Yeah, it is certainly nice to have forged all these relationships within PAL and be able to banter back and forth like that. So, Matt, how many stores do you have? Uh, we have four stores currently. And where are they actually located in Michigan? So, we are in um, northern Michigan. Everybody has a different definition of where northern Michigan is. Uh, personally, I kind of define that anything north of where there's a town called Clare, north of Clare, northern Michigan. But we are on a little in a little area. It's in northwest Michigan, and we're right on the lake um, in a little inlet called Little Travers Bay. Uh, that's where three of our four stores reside. Uh, so we have two stores in Petoskey. Um, one is in downtown in the Gaslight District. Um, that's our original store that's been there since 1935 when my great-grandfather opened it. Um, and then we have our, our highest volume store on the Petoskey North, what we call Petoskey North, which is on the highway heading out of town. Um, we have another store in Harbor Springs, uh, which is a very, uh, actually all of our locations are very tourist-heavy towns. Um, Harbor Springs is kind of unique in the sense that I feel like most of downtown is like third vacation homes for people. Uh, so a lot of money in this area. And then our fourth store is in the town of Gaylord, which is kind of more in the middle of the state, um, or at least more centrally located right on I-75 as you're heading up towards, uh, like Mackinac Island, um, the Mackinac Bridge and such. What store are you at today? Well, I just got to Harbor Springs. I spent my morning at our Petoskey downtown store, so I've been trying to put out some fires, some issues that we got going, some growing pains down there. Um, and now I'm over in uh, Harbor Springs, which is where I spend most of my time, uh, which is one thing I'm trying to get away from. I'm trying to spend a little bit more time at all the stores and less time in Harbor Springs. How did you get into the business? Well... That's a, that's an interesting one, you know, and it's a story, you know, I think it's important to tell because I feel like my story is a little bit different than from what everybody else's is, you know, it's, um, or not everyone else's, but it's like, I listened to your story, you know, you were, you were, you were working when you were five years old. Um, you know, I was the kid, my, first of all, stores are owned, 
Um, I'm a partner in it now, but uh, the stores are primarily owned by my dad and my uncle, who are identical twins. And uh, my dad has three kids. My uncle has three kids. And you can ask my mother. She basically said that I was the one child that she was that was least likely to ever come back to northern Michigan. Um, coming out of high school, I wanted to be in the big city, you know, doing my own thing, working in the corporate life. But, uh, you know, I moved to Chicago after uh, after graduating high school or graduating college, I mean, sorry. And, um, you know, I spent a good portion of my time working in party logistics there. Um, which was great. It was a lot of fun. Um, but there's something about the corporate environment that just, you know, really didn't like. And, you know, when I was growing up, I didn't think I was ever going to be a part of the store. So, you know, when I was actually in college, by the time I hit college, I was done working in the stores. Um, I was actually still living in Northern Michigan, but I was working on the yacht docks. Um, cause it was fun outside jobs, you know, Tips were great. You tie up a $4 million boat, they tip you a $20 bill, and life is good. Um, so you move on to Chicago, and, you know, after being in the corporate rat race for a while, I was really starting to get sick of it and really starting to miss home. I spent a total of eight years in Chicago. And uh, after a while, you know, I did logistics third-party sales. I thought, I, I'm like, I need to be talking to people face-to-face. I get into an outside sales role where I'm selling T1 lines to small businesses. Um, that's a really rough job because what we do now is we have people coming in asking for help. What that job was, was it was going out and selling, you know, soliciting people, actively soliciting people that don't want to listen to you. Um, so that was really tough for me. And then, uh, and then ultimately, uh, my office in Chicago was actually right next door to Ace Corporate. And I actually went down to the show in Chicago while I worked for this company. And uh, just to try to meet more people, some uh, some vendors, you know, Ace Hardware stores, people that I could be selling T1 lines to. And I met Ray Griffith. And, um, you know, I, I expressed to him how I'm really interested in moving back home and getting more involved in the family business. But I'm not quite ready to leave Chicago yet. And, uh, I, you know, he, I, he offered me a chance to at least try to get me an interview with Ace Corporate, which he did, um, you know, after I went in there for uh, a job interview. Um, basically, the role was, they were actually on a hiring freeze at the time, but they were able to get me in for an interview. And there was a position that, you know, they really wanted to put me in kind of a DM kind of role, but for me, I didn't want to leave Chicago, so that wasn't really open. So there was an analytics job that I think we mutually agreed on. It just, you know, it wasn't going to be something that I was going to be very good at. So ultimately, I spent another two years in Chicago, and then uh, my wife and I, uh, one day, my wife gives me a call and she said, you know, I think uh, I could be wrong, but I think my boss was offered me a position to work remotely. And what do you think about that? And I said. I think I don't have a choice. And sure enough, we started looking for houses. We moved back north. And uh, I started working back at the stores in uh, July, probably July 12th of 2013. And it's been fantastic ever since. Now, is your wife from the same area you are up north? I'm sorry? Is your wife still, is your wife from up north still? Or is she from a different part of the, the country? Oh uh, no, my my wife lives up here in Petoskey with me. Um, she uh, she's gone from job to job a little bit. She's she's an educator, 
So she got a job being a, uh, after the remote job ended, she got a principal job in a little town called Charlevoix and has moved on to be a, what her role is called a supervisor, um, an area service area supervisor for the CRM ISD, which is the Charlevoix Emmett County uh, Intermediate School District. Is she originally from Petoskey? She's originally from Gross Point, Michigan, which is uh, just outside of Detroit. Got it. So what do you love about East? What do you love about your four stores? Well, you know, the thing I love about Ace and the thing I love about our four stores is, first of all, within, you know, owning your own store, you can make that store however you want it, right? You don't have to do really anything Ace tells you to do now. Maybe not a good idea to, you know, not strive for having your discovery sets or not hitting your in-stock percentages. But um, the thing I would really love about Ace is, you know, we're truly helpful. You know, that's that's right to that core, and it, it says that, you know, John Van Huysen and Serene, they're always talking about being the most helpful hardware store on the face of the planet, period. And, you know, it, it, it just resonates. And when we have customers coming into our store, they're coming in for a reason because they're looking for us to help. And we are here to help. And that's why I'm telling people, our employees, when we're working in the store, we get people in the store, we are going to walk you down the aisle. We are going to find you the, that exact thing you need. And while you're walking them to the aisle, you're going to get to know them because we live in a small community. And these people are your friends just as much as they're your customers. So, um, you know, I, I think it was my cousin at one point in time called it a frustumer because they're, they're our customers and our friends. And by cultivating these relationships, you know, it gives you a sense of a home. It gives you a sense of a shopping experience. And it, it it's just, taking care of our customers and, you know, being a part of the community. And I, I truly love it. And, um, you know, everything that Van, I think we're extremely uh, fortunate to have a CEO in Van Huysen, uh, such um, an inspirational guy, um, such a motivator. I mean, every time I, every time I listen to him speak, I come away, you know, recharged and re-energized to go above and beyond and do the extra things that need to get done. Um, to make our store the best store that we can. So on the flip side, what do you hate about about Ace or your stores? Uh, what do I hate about Ace or the stores? Um, I, I guess I'll talk more about just our stores. It's just, you know, I there is something that needs to change within our stores. Um, you know, I want to be able to grow our stores further. We have four stores, but because they're all in such close proximity, um, we're able to get away with the way we operate in the sense that, you know, my dad or my, my cousin and my uncle primarily operate out of our high volume store on the Potosi Highway store. My mom and my dad primarily operate out of our Potosi downtown store. I primarily operate out of um, Harbor Springs and that, and then we have zero Myers left in our Gaylord store, which, you know, Gaylord can uh, tend to struggle at, at, at times. Um, and before I got into Harbor Springs, this store, the store that I'm in right now, wasn't performing to what we kind of expected a store to perform. So it's more of we need to change our culture a little bit in terms of becoming a more operational store um, where we, we have our managers more taking care of the day-to-day -day business instead of somebody with a last name Meyer.
um, because I think we have a tendency to hawk over our, our managers and try to and limit what they're doing because, I don't know, for maybe self-worth or whatever, you know, we, we, we tend to want to get the job done. It's not abnormal that, you know, in the busy season, my cousin's at the, at the Petoskey North store till midnight. It's not abnormal that I'm in the store in the busy season till midnight. And, you know, we need to empower our employees a little bit more. Um, because that's how we're that's how we're going to get the job done. That's how we're going to be be able to grow is by empowering our employees. How would you describe your leadership style? Uh, uh, definitely is um, my my leadership style is it's excuse me it's basically I'm a do it kind of guy. People people know that I'm going to get a job done that I wouldn't do myself. Um, you know, I can remember the first summer I was back, um, we had our back room just full of cardboard boxes um, left over from the truck. And I'm back there just breaking them down and throwing it in the, in the cardboard dumpster. And my dad comes back. He's like, why are you doing this? He's like, get somebody else on this. I'm like, because I'm new. I'm the new guy to the boat. I, I'm in no position to say, hey, I'm the boss. You go do this. I'm going to do all the jobs. And you know what? At the end of the day, I think people really respect that I'm willing to get my hands dirty just as much as anybody else. There isn't a job in here that I haven't done. And that's where it puts me in a position now here six years later where I feel comfortable, you know, being able to tell people. And if they don't know how to do it, I can jump in there and show them how to do it. So what are you good at at the store? Did you peek at that, that garbage or, or you good at something else as well? Yeah. You know, the, the garbage really was my forte. Um, <laughs> But, uh, no, it's, uh, you know, I think really at the end of the day, it's helping the customers is really what I'm really good at. I'm, I'm able to develop these relationships with people and, you know, find, finding further things to be able to sell them. And that's actually how we got into um, one of our really good selling lines that I had never even heard of until I actually had a conversation with a customer about what else we can be selling them. What, what line was that? So we carry a high-end tool line called Festool. Some people may have heard of it. Some people may not have. Um, but it's a very high-end tool where it's all dust extraction tools. Um, basically, they have sanders, um, guide saws, a thing called the domino for joining two pieces of wood together. Um, and basically, when you're working with these tools, uh, they're set up to – they hook right up to a vacuum with a uh, – with a hose that hooks up to the the tool itself and as you're working with the tool it sucks all the dust out of everything you're working with the dust all gets sucked out into the machine and down into the vacuum so that you're working in a completely dust-free environment that's awesome yeah it's and high, uh, it's they, high end so it's it's people meant for specific people uh, specific yeah, customers it, it, it's it's yes, it's definitely not for everybody. Um, good example, uh, you know, my builder base, um, you know, guys that are going to be working with the tool on a day in day out basis. I try to grow sales by telling the people that hey, if you're we got people with three four million dollar houses, they're doing a renovation. If you can go in there and tell them that, you know, I'm not going to have to hang plastic all over the place and seem like you're in a construction environment and I'm going to be able to do your renovation without leaving dust everywhere, you're going to be able to charge a higher price. Um, 
and, and be able to get away with it. But yeah, I mean, an example of the price of a tool is, you know, you're looking at a, let's just say the, the most popular item, the TS-55 saw, that's a $690 item just for the saw. You get a guide rail with it, but it's 690 bucks. That's, that's quite a bit. Yeah. But people are willing to pay it because it's it's a high-quality tool. We talk about being in the best brands. And, again, Festival is not something that's for every store, but because I have such a strong builder base with high-end clients, it's a good store for it. So, What's the biggest mistake you made at the store? Uh, well, I make mistakes every day. <laughs> Um, you know, top of my head, it's hard to think of one particular story. I know that it, you know, on a weekly basis, I'm, I walk out of the store just saying to myself, man, I could, I could have handled that one differently. I could have handled that one better. Um, it's just different, different days bring different challenges. So to be able to say there's just one over the course of six years is pretty hard to do. What about a customer story? Do you have a good customer story you'd like to share? Good, good, and how? Like uh, how how great the customers are? Yeah, yeah. However you want to share. Uh, let's see. You know, I, I I will have one. There is one in particular customer that uh, you know he vacations out here from. Uh, um, from California, and actually, he knew my my sister lives in Pasadena, California, and he actually knew my sister in California. He came in and introduced himself one day, and you know, this was over the course of a few years. But as he started coming in each summer, he you know really started to you know get to know me better, and just funny, kind of being an LA guy, he's like, "I'm looking for a log splitter," and I'm like, "Log splitter? You know, we only carry those big heavy power equipment." over at our other store. Uh, we don't we don't have any log splitters. He's like, well, after talking to him a little bit further, it turns out he was actually looking for a splitting mall, not a log splitter. Um, so I ended up getting it to him, and we all kind of laughed about it. He's like, ah, that, that L.A. in me that doesn't really understand this hardware stuff. I'm working on the farm, trying to figure this stuff out. So, But, you know, we developed a pretty good relationship, and, you know, now he's, move, he's moving out here full-time, and, you know, we've just become – decent friends he invited us to a, a a party here this summer so it's just you know just a small story like that but it's you know really getting to know everybody within the community and becoming friends with them more so than just trying to you know what can we sell you next kind of thing sure what's your weirdest customer story well you, you ever hear the phrase no shoes no shirt no service uh-huh well, I had a guy that was coming in on a continual basis of um, not wearing a shirt or shoes and just coming in. And it wasn't like, you know, it was a Abercrombie and Fitch kind of model kind of guy. It was like a 70-year-old guy that, you know, nobody really wants to see. Nobody wants to see that when you're in the store. So had a few comments made to us, and we eventually put up the, up the sign, no shoes, no shirt, no service. Well, we didn't say that, but it was like basically shoes and shirts are required in the store and uh, just kind of an interesting one. Oh, oh boy. I, I I just have the picture in my mind of, of me walking <laughs> through your store. 
Yeah, well, we are a resort community, but inside the hardware store, we're not quite that resort. So, what about products? Any new and outstanding products in your store? Um, you know, we're always trying to. Well, I got a couple of them for you. So, um, both are new. One is very niche. Um, but uh, I'll start with a smaller one first. We got into, you know, each one of our stores has a different identity. And our Petoskey downtown store takes on a much more gifty, um, you know, transient shopper kind of thing. Everybody's in town. They're shopping downtown. They're not looking for, you know, the four-step program or anything like that. So, you know, we just got into, actually, while we were out in the out in Colorado for the summit, um, we had toured some stores. And I noticed that that last store we were at, um, they had a couple end caps of, like, winter hats and gloves and things of that nature. I was like, man, that stuff looks really nice. And looking at the price of it, it's nine ninety nine. I'm like, I can sell this stuff. So uh name of the vendor is DM Merchandising. And uh we carry a line of hats uh, called Brits Knits, um Jack and Missy. Um and uh within the Brits Knits they have these um fleece leggings to which we just brought this stuff in a couple weeks ago and I was just doing the doing another it was just doing another order this morning and just in the color black i've already sold over 100 pairs of fleece line leggings so um been a really good christmas item um the other one which is what i was alluding to earlier with putting out fires at our downtown store we got into the p gram dunn uh engraving machine so um that's been uh that's been exciting it's been very exciting getting the word out there getting people um aware of what's going on but uh we keep tripping up on um the problem is we're trying to get this thing lined up really quickly we got it in november you know right before the christmas season we probably should have gotten it a little earlier um but we've been struggling a little bit with getting our yetis engraved so it's been kind of a process with dealing with uh the sales director down at uh in ohio um getting this thing all lined up but fingers crossed right now i can do 20 ounce uh, ramblers and 18 ounce bottles. Um, fingers crossed, I should be able to have everything else done by tomorrow. I'm hoping so, but you know what they say about hope. Exactly. So you're able with that machine to make the best interviewer award for the pal pod, correct? I'm sorry. Say that again. You, you'd be able to make an award out of a Yeti cup that says best interviewer for pal pod. Yeah. Yeah, we could okay. do that. Who would you give that to, Blake or myself? Oh, the best interview. I was going to say who's been interviewed, but uh, I'd have to say you, Ryan. Well, I appreciate that. I'll look for that cup in the mail. <laughs> uh, what the, So technology with the engraver, what other technology do you use in the store that's different than, than normal technology? Um. You know, normal technology. I mean, we have the Duracell, uh, the Duracell program. I, I'm, I'm not going to knock anybody's socks off with anything that we're really using here. I mean, we're kind of in the dark ages. I'm pretty excited by the fact that right now we just got new credit card machines where customers can take care of the credit cards themselves um, rather than giving it over to the cashier and having them do it. But uh, what so machine is that? Uh, well, it's the. Um, 
gosh, I don't remember the brand, but we previously we were never integrated with Epicor for doing our credit card transactions, which frankly caused a lot of headaches. Um, but uh, but now we're you know we ring up right at the register and people can slide their card in and it's all easy and it's gonna make it easier for us going forward to be able to do the you know the roundup. So that's awesome. Do you normally participate in the roundup and other children's uh, Miracle Network activities? Yeah, you know, when we got, that's actually a point that I've, um, I'm pretty proud of. Um, I, I want to do more, but um, that's, uh, when I got back in the stores, I was actually off the weekend of the um, the bucket sale. And at that time, it was, you know, I didn't quite understand it, didn't, you know, when you're not in the culture of ACE, you don't really understand how big the Children's Miracle Network can be. And at that time, it was only a one-day sale, so I wasn't here. And um, we did, I think we sold four buckets that day. It was it was embarrassing. And, you know, I said, tomorrow we're selling so much more. And they're like, well, it's only a one-day sale. I was like, oh, shoot. So from that point on, I made it, you know, my mission to make sure that we are going to be the best bucket selling store that we can be and this harbor spring store uh we don't do nearly the volume like i said as um our petoskey store but we sold probably that next summer it was a hundred more buckets than they did um so we started making it a competition and um harbor springs you know i i kind of drill it into the staff we're going to be selling buckets we're going to be selling buckets and um I guess I was starting to get a little bit too big for my britches because uh, we got a new employee over at the uh, at our Petoskey North store. I was just I was just maybe bragging a little bit about how Harbor Springs always wins the bucket sale and North store just can't sell like Harbor Springs can. And I think he took it as a personal um, personal mission to make sure that we did not win that award this year because we got this guy in there, Jimmy. And oh my gosh, he got in there and he sold some buckets. And I put a, a goal out there for um, for the four stores that we wanted to do over. I can't remember the number. I want to say it was like over a thousand buckets between the four stores, um, to which we hit it. But uh, because of him, you know, we're going to continue to make it a very big uh, competition. I love competition and. Um, you know, because of him, we started uh, a new award. Unfortunately, this was before we knew we were getting the peak of done machine. But uh, we started a new award where um, we call it the Meyer Miracle Maker Award. And it doesn't have to be anything big. We're, we're basically going to judge this based on, you know, maybe somebody who's doing a great job of selling buckets or maybe somebody puts together a great display. I don't know what it is, but we're we're only in the first year. Jimmy won it. Um, but I'm I'm looking forward to handing out that award um, on an annual basis. So it's pretty exciting. That's awesome. Yeah. So what do you do personally to make yourself better in the stores? What do I do personally to make myself better? Yes. You know, I try to – I really try to listen to my employees. I, I think that's been a central thing is – you know, especially being out at the summit, it's becoming harder and harder to find employees, um, which is putting a bigger emphasis on staff retention. So um, it's really going to be important that we're listening to our employees and making sure that we're in an environment that they're happy working in. And, you know, 
when I wake up every day, I am just thankful and I'm very proud and happy of what I get to do on a day in and day out basis. Um, and I think I'm very fortunate in that. And I think it's important that we try to, we strive to do that for our, our employees as well. And that's through empowering them. It's through, you know, know letting them know that we care. Um, so, you know, I'm trying to talk to our employees more and trying to, you know, make it a more fun work environment. I know that's not m maybe bettering myself personally, but um, it's better to, but in the long run, it makes me feel good. It makes people feel good about the family that they work for and in the environment that they work in. So, I've, you know, I've been trying to better myself that um, by, I guess, showing more gratitude towards what people are doing. Awesome. What do you think that are the key aspects for a hardware store for long-term health? I'm sorry, you're, you're breaking up there a little bit. Can you say that again? What do you think are the long are the key aspects for a hardware store for long-term health? Well, I think the big thing is um, not being um, complacent with what you're doing. You know, we need to be constantly changing ourselves because the market is changing every year, and with yeah. It's it's a big deal to shop local. At least I, I believe it's a big deal to shop local. Right now, you know, we have constant competitors, whether it's uh, Menards or a Home Depot or an Amazon or whatever, whatever else it may be. If you become complacent in what you're doing, you're, you're going to die. And, you know, it's funny because we just did a last winter during our slow season, we did a big remodel here at this Harbor Springs store. And um, it's funny because we rearranged so many things around the store. It's funny because I have people still coming in the store, walking one way, and what can we help you find? Oh, we're just going down to nuts and bullets, huh? Well, you're going to have to turn around and go the other direction because it's not down there anymore. But, you know, we just did that last year, and now I'm thinking about, like, how we need to be changing other things around. And, you know, the big thing is delivery. I mean, we need to go – we need to do everything we can for our customers um, to be able to compete because, um, I mean, whether you like it or not, delivery is something that's here to stay. And if you're not willing to deliver to your customer, they're going to go somewhere else where they can because everybody's offering it. I think one area that really hit home for me, actually, I'll give you two examples. First of all, um, I had to buy something for a customer and it pained me to do this, but I could buy this particular model from Home Depot uh, cheaper than I could get it through our vendor um, because I think they were closing it out or something like that. So I got a great price on it, and I ordered it online, and I had it on my porch the next day, and I, I was dumbfounded by that. Um, but uh, the other thing was here a couple years ago, this is back before Ace was getting into the whole buy online, deliver from store thing. Um, we had something come – because we, we're in small-town Michigan, northern Michigan. Technology doesn't hit us till five years after the fact. And, you know, I thought we were kind of immune immune to the whole thing. And then there was something that came out called Shipped. Maybe you've heard of it? I have you heard not. of Shipped at all? Okay. So it was kind of a game-changer for our family because we have two young kids at home, and uh, now my wife is able to go online on Meyer. It's, it's a company that's partnered with Meyer, uh, which is more like a Midwestern kind of thing. But we do our grocery sh shopping at Meyer. It's spelled M-E-I-J-E-R, not 
the real way the Meyer's supposed to be spelled. But um, anyways, so she does her grocery shopping right from her phone, and we have somebody that drops it off on our front door. And that's when it hit me. I was like, oh, my gosh, what's going to happen to us when when Home Depot is, you know, when I can go ahead and order stuff from Home Depot and they're going to deliver it right to my door? It, that's a lot of convenience. So it, it's putting yourself outside your comfort zone and making sure, you know, we're taking care of our customers. Because if we're not, somebody else is going to. Yeah, that hit home for me yesterday because, uh, as as you know, we, our store in Green Bay, we park cars for Packer games. Yep. A van pulled in with eight guys in it. They got out, and as soon as they got out of the van, the Grubhub vehicle pulled up and dropped off their McDonald's breakfast. Yeah, yeah. And they they had to drive past McDonald's. They weren't they were coming from a little bit farther away. Right. But instead of instead of stopping themselves, they can just order and have it delivered to my parking lot. Well, you know what, just as well as I do, Ryan, that's about a 10, 15 minute stop. And I mean, you can at least get three beers down in that 10, 15 minutes. So why risk it? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> uh, let's see. Well, any new innovations you're doing? Mm, new innovations. Well, we haven't gotten into it quite yet. Uh, you'd actually be able to speak to this a little bit better than I can, but, uh, we're we're looking at uh, changing our scheduling platform. Uh, we want to test it a little bit more, but you know, after listening to the guys from Deputy and how much you know strength Ace is putting behind Deputy, uh, and after talking to the guys at the summit that we were at, um, we're going to start working with Deputy a little bit more with uh, with being able to more effectively schedule our staff and. Um, and, and making it just easier for everybody and using it as a messaging tool. That was one feature that I thought was pretty cool that you could actually, you know, set up tasks for your employees within the scheduling system. So that was, that seemed pretty cool. But like I said, we're not, we're not quite there yet. I'm working, uh, I'm going to be working with Alex on getting that set up. Yeah. It's a, it's a major undertaking to get everyone on board, especially with multiple stores, but it's well worth it in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, what kind of podcast do you listen to? Do you listen to anything? Do you read any books? What What do you do in that sort of thing? Uh, you know, to be honest with you, um, I, I don't. I've never listened to a podcast. Until, Not even ours. Never even listened to a podcast until Blake told us about the Pal Podcast, and that's when I started listening to podcasts. And uh, I can honestly say that's the only podcast I listen to. And uh, I'm always hitting up Blake to say, hey, when are we going to have another interview on there? Because I'm getting bored. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, it's uh, – um, but then I, I asked him for some more podcasts because we had we just had deer season. And I knew I was going to be bored out in the woods, so he gave me, a, gave me a couple podcasts to listen to. But I think I only listened to one episode on the uh, uh, National Retail Hardware Association podcast. Did you get anything deer hunting? Uh, I shot a doe, um, but uh, that was it. I had an eight point in front of me, but um, which is actually kind of weird for me. Uh, I actually let it walk. Um, I just, you know, I've shot two bucks in my life, both kind of small, and uh, you know, I want something that I can take a picture of and be like, hey, here's what I shot this year. So I, I'm, I'm now only going for bigger ones. So. Got it. it was kind of a small eight point. So, so do you do a lot of cooking uh, 
of the deer meat on your by the venison, but by yourself, or, or how do you prepare it? Well, you know, to be honest with you, we don't do a whole lot with the meat other than, you know, we we cook up jerky, we get some ground, uh, some chuck beef, um, but outside of the, and we'll you know we'll cook with uh, just regular re- recipes, just substituting it in like chili and things of that nature. But the thing that I really like that we do is. You know, between our for our entire family, um, we'll usually take about two deer and split the meat up. Um, anything beyond that, we'll, we'll shoot. We'll donate to a local area called Mana, um, the Mana Food Project. And what they do is, um, if you de- donate your entire deer to Mana, they'll pay for the processing, and then all meat, all the meat goes to the Charlevoix Emmett County areas um, to f- help feed the hungry. So it's a, it's a pretty good program and. Um, my uncle's been very uh he's he's got a heavy hand in working with that and um making sure that you know we're we're basically helping our neighbors that can't can't don't make enough to feed themselves so that's awesome yeah. it's awesome that you do that so s- switching topics to something a little bit more um heart wrenching how do you handle bad reviews on Google? You know, like like I told you earlier, we're about five years behind the times when it comes to technology. So, when you know what Google to, is? Yeah, I've heard of this googly thing, but <laughs> no, we. In all honesty, we we actually don't get very many reviews on Google or Yelp or anything like that. I mean, if you were to look at our page, I think we have maybe four there all time. Um, but I have had negative reviews on like Facebook at times. Um, again, it's not very often. We don't have a very big Facebook presence. Um, but you know, when we had it, I, I did reach out to the customer, you know, saw what happened, apologize and, you know, do and try to do the right thing by doing better for those customers. But we, we put more effort more into our, like, uh, into our customer, the surveys, um, and things of that nature. Did you participate in the mystery shop? Oh yeah. Did how did you handle uh, bad shops? Store wise, did you did you talk to the people? Did you post it up for the whole store, the whole company to see? How how did you handle that? So we do we do two different parties throughout the course of the year. Um, we do a Christmas party, which we just had last night. Um, and uh, we do an end of the season party, so basically like in September or something like that, um, because it's such a stressful time around here from May till Labor Day, just because our population explodes, um, because everybody from Chicago, Columbus, Detroit, anywhere across the Midwest, it seems to be they all come up to Petoskey Harbor Springs to vacation, so you know, we get very busy. Um, we run a lot of customers and it's a stressful time. So once we get outside of that season, we like to do something for our employees. Um, and we have a little party this year. We did it out on, um, out at a old, at a, at a camp on Pickerel Lake. And, um, we recognize that people that did a hundred percent, we call them up, we call them up front. Um, we recognize them. We give, we give them, uh, we call it five, uh, five for high five or something like that. That's something my cousin just came up with this year um, where we recognize them. We call them up, we give them a high five and we give them a $5 bill. (laughs) 
that's and that's anybody that had a hundred hundred percent on the year. So um, now, when it comes to a, a negative review, um, we'll probably we take they don't come very often, but um, we will grab the the associate and we'll I guess talk them through it a little bit and make it a coaching experience. Um, and just talk to them about how we can be doing this better. I mean, everybody's going to have a reason as to why they don't have a good score. I mean, the owner of the business, my uncle, had a really bad score one time because he was trying to get out the door to go to fishing camp, um, which we go every third May, every third Saturday in May, we go to Canada. But, um, you know, it, it's you know who the good associates are and who they aren't. So it's not like we're taking that and saying this is rule of law. So. It's just how we can better better conduct ourselves within the store if it's a bad review. Got it. So you mentioned, you know, getting with the times. How do you advertise? Um, well, you know, when it comes to advertising, that's something that, again, my uncle does a lot of work with. Um, you know, this last year, we really wanted to make a stronger presence with our Facebook page. Um, it didn't work out all that well. We we actually hired somebody locally because we were kind of debating between um, so, uh, Sochi and, um, and what to do with that. So we we went through a presentation for Sochi, and there was a Sochi Assist program that between the four stores was going to be pretty expensive. So my comment was I'd rather just use somebody local, pay that money to somebody local. And it gives us more of a local feel to it, which was good. She did a great job, but you know, at the end of the day, I don't know how many footsteps that was driving to the store. So we just recently backed off that. We're not, uh, we're not paying anybody to do our social media anymore. We'll just kind of do that on our own. Um, We might actually incorporate Sochi a little bit. My cousin's been kind of looking into Sochi to um, see how we can utilize that. But, um, local lift is going to be a big thing for us going forward. We're going to start putting more and more money towards that. So, have you started local lift yet? We have not started it yet. When do you plan to? Uh, probably in January. So okay. We're going to start. For and we're, people... we're doing that. We're we're doing that for our uh, nomad group as well. We're looking to put a, uh, all of our co-op dollars towards um, uh, towards utilizing local lift for the group as a whole. You're putting all your co-op dollars? Uh, I think that's what my uncle was planning to do. If not all of them, uh, good major- a good majority of the, the co-op dollars that we have. Do you actively participate in your dealer group? Yeah, you know, I wish I could, but I don't. Um, I was just on a phone call with our uh, group uh, group leader, and, you know, he's like, hey, you know, I really want to get you guys there. Um, I'm like, I trust me, I do. He's like, would it work better if we did it on this day of the week? I'm like, honestly, don't switch anything because of me. Um, because I mean, first of all, that's not fair to everybody else's business right now. It's on Thursday. It's the most, it's the best day of the week for all the stores to be able to do it. And I can't guarantee that I could, if we moved it to a Tuesday that I can do it on a Tuesday. Cause within my personal life, what we have is, um, I obviously we work weekends here. Um, I take off Thursdays. I have two young children, one's in kindergarten and one three years old. So he's in daycare and to kind of help um, curb costs a little bit. 
uh, we don't send him to daycare on Thursdays. He just spends the day with me, um, which is great. But I'm also not going to take him to a uh, take him to a group uh, group meeting either. So it's it's special for us because it's a day where you know my wife's not in, in the picture. It's just uh, a, a you know when my daughter was younger, we called it Daddy Addy Day, and uh, it was a um, it was a really special day for us. And it's you know it, it it's a chance because they get to do so many fun things with mom on saturday when i'm working that it, it's just a nice thing for me to be, to be able to do with the kids so um when he gets a little bit older i i do plan on getting a lot more involved with our group uh with, with our regional group does anybody else from your organization participate in the group uh yes my uncle is very heavily involved he was a group leader for a number of years um then that's transferred over to uh, somebody else in our group, um, but he always held on to the advertising portion of it. So he still takes care of all the advertising for the group. It's a big job. Yeah. Um, what value do you get out of networking with other retailers? Gosh, I, you know, it's so hard. to you, you can't even put a number on it. I, I, I find that time so incredibly valuable, the time that you spend with other retailers. That's why I'm so like thankful to be a part of PAL. Um, you know, between talking to like you or Blake or John Fox down in Columbus or Haley up in Montana, we all have our stories and we all have our things that we're good at. And when you network with pe- these people, like you become friends with them, and you know you're willing to pick. You, you know that without a doubt that I can pick up the phone and give give you a call. I'll give you an example. Like with this whole P. Graham Dunn thing, I've been kind of bouncing off two different PAL members um, because I know John Fox already has a machine down in Columbus. I called him up, and I'm like, hey, we're having a hard time with these Yetis. Could you help us at all? And he's like, well, yeah, what's the phone number to the store? I'll talk to your engraver. And so, you know, just John's got things going on, but, you know, because we have that relationship, He's willing to take the five minutes to call up Constance down at our downtown store and try to walk walk her through to get these Yetis engraved. And at the same time, you know, we don't have a marketing person within our organization. Um, and Haley, I called Haley up and I said, "Hey, you know, what kind of software do you use for marketing? Because we want to start, we want to be putting like a advertising, a sell, like a sell sheet out there to businesses to increase our B two B and be able to." do um encourage businesses to um to buy their christmas gifts through us with the p gram done program and i called up haley and she not she's not only did she refer me to the program that she uses online she's like hey this is no problem for me i can get this done for you not to say everybody should go call haley but um but what's her phone number i don't have that off the top of my head yeah (laughs) she's like uh, I could get it done for you in like 10 minutes, which I, I didn't want her to do that, but uh, but she was able able to point me in the right direction. So, yeah, it was very nice. And it's all about those networking, you know, getting to know the, all these different people. You know, I've spent time in uh, research, which uh, has fallen by the wayside. I don't think it really exists anymore. Um, to PAL, to the Pinnacle Conference. I mean, all these different things at your disposal are so valuable. You get to know the VPs. You get to know other young retailers. You get to know older retailers. I try to make it a point when I go to these things that I don't sit with people that um, 
that are in my organization. I try to sit with other people and maybe not even necessarily my friends all the time, people that I want to get out and sit down with and, you know, talk and meet somebody new. So Awesome. Putting yourself okay. outside your comfort zone a little bit. You have to. You have to because yeah. that makes you a better business leader. Yeah. Uh, what kind of passions do you have outside of this? Well, I can't say the Lions, can I? Because they're uh, pretty much an inept organization. But <laughs> hey, there's people that still like the Browns, so come on. Well, that's yeah, that's a, that's another tough one. Um, no, well, it's funny because I'm sitting in my office right now, and I have uh, something that was given to me for Father's Day from my daughter. It says "Best Dad" and different questions. And the, one of the things says it says. He is good at, and it fills in the blank. So it says he is good at watching Michigan State. So <laughs> I don't know that I would say I'm real good at watching Michigan State, just because I tend to, uh, you know, yell and do different things. But, but and especially since their football program is falling off over the last couple of years. But uh, I'm very passionate about Michigan State sports. Um, passionate about my kids. Um, you know and I, that's uh yeah and and spending some time outdoors really getting out and and actually this is a weird one too i've uh, really gotten into working out a lot lately too um i don't say it's a passion of mine but it's a necessity and uh basically to try to keep the weight down and it, it's been a, it's been a good thing for me personally so um, that's awesome to hear yeah so we're getting we're getting close to our time so i want to start wrapping it up do you have anything yeah. else you want to talk about? Uh, you know, it, I tell you what, Ryan, if uh, if you could pick the Lions or the Spartans, which one would you cheer for? What uh, You're talking football for the Spartans? Yeah, football. Okay. I mean, I've, I've, always, I've always liked Tom Izzo, you know, for the basketball. So. Okay. So you'd like um, to but, see him as a football coach too then? Uh, I don't know. I don't know if he's any good <laughs> at football. But I, I don't know. You know, to, it, it would be tough who, the, who they're playing, what, what's going on. If, if they're playing the Packers and the Badgers, I, I obviously can't pick either of them. Yeah. But if they're, they're playing any Chicago team, then I don't care, who, who you know, how big the score is. I want them to score more. Um, yeah. But, you know, I, I there's something about college football, you know, those those athletes, those those kids, most of them from the 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 Big Ten, they don't they're not flashy, they don't showboat. It's 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 fun to watch those those games. Any close game where it's it's not, um, you know, Wisconsin playing Michigan State. I'm usually rooting for Michigan State. Um, yeah. I usually don't root for the Lions, regardless. Just because well, how they're, could they're bad. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're pretty bad. Um, but you know, I it I I enjoy watching two teams compete. And, and compete at sports, not compete at egos and 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 statistics. You know, yeah. Where it would yeah. look at me, but Michigan State. I mean, um, who's the coach now? Um, the football coach. You know, at he, uh, Detroit. At Michigan State. Oh, Mark D'Antonio. Yeah, he's. I mean, he's got a great head on his shoulders. He runs a, a good program. I have a lot of respect for what you know what I see on this side of the pond. But yeah. It's 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 just, you know. Detroit, they're a bunch of overpaid athletes that, you know, I don't mind seeing lose. 
Michigan State, <laughs> on the other hand, is, is kids that are trying to better themselves and have a better situation. And, you know, I, I cheer for them, you know, yeah. any chance I can. Yeah. Well, Ryan, I will say one last thing I, I will uh, I will talk about real quick is, you know, this is coming from a guy that was pretty apprehensive. And I know everybody that's listening to this, um, you know, you and me and Blake, uh, maybe Haley might listen to it. But, you know, for anybody else that's out there that um, is not as involved with PAL, I would tell you, this is coming from a guy that was pretty apprehensive about getting involved in PAL. I would tell you, get involved because, I mean, Blake can attest to this. Prior to the summit in uh, Boston, I was very apprehensive, very unsure about, you know, getting involved in PAL. And, you know, it's pay, you know, it may not pay immediately. It may not pay next week. But the relationships that you cultivate within PAL it is so important. And, you know, I'll just tell you that if you haven't gone to a networking event at one of the shows or if you haven't been to the summit, you know, that, that last summit that we had was, I mean, so valuable that, you know, we need to get – people need to get more involved with PAL because, you know, the, the more the more young retailers that we have out there, the more people come to the thing, the, the stronger it makes PAL and the stronger it makes every one of us. So, um, you know, it's like kind of like uh, metal sharp, uh, iron sharpens iron or whatever the saying is. You know, the more people we have sharing ideas and getting to know each other, um, the better it makes us all as a whole. And not only just us as retailers, but ACE as a whole, because, you know what, the younger generation of ACE is, we're, I mean, we are the future of ACE. So it's important that we're, you know, bettering ourselves and helping each other and um, making sure that we're the best hardware stores on the face of the planet because my customers are going to be the same customers that are away and know that they can go to Ace and get the best service that they can expect. So that's the well one plug said. I'll throw in there. That's well said. But to wrap it up, one last question for you. Who should yeah. we interview next? Well, you know, I, I kind of feel like, you know, I haven't heard the cripes out there yet. I'm not sure what, what they're, you know, why they haven't been on the podcast, but it seems like, you know, Ace always seems to be talking about Whitmore Ace. I, I think they need to be on this podcast, and they're always I doing think, innovative things. I really think that David Cripe needs to put his stuff down and, and just get on the podcast, don't you? I think he most certainly should. And, you know, we have a – all you have to do is say, you know, get on the podcast. Matt will uh, Matt will get you the, the drink that he really likes from Harbor Springs. I'm not going to tell what it is just because it will lead to bad uh, – I don't want people to think other things, but uh, he knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, all right. There, there's a shout-out. So. Matt, thanks for taking the time today. I appreciate it, and uh, we look forward to seeing you in the very near future in person, and, and good luck with your stores. Yeah, thanks a lot, Ryan. Appreciate it. Have a great day. All right, you too.